Welcome in everyone to episode 14 of the I Am Ready podcast. I am one of your hosts, Lisa Driscoll-Hawksby with Ready, alongside, um, I don't know, we're going to have to come up with some sort, we keep calling each other, know. you know, like amazing co-hosts right. or partner in crime right. or whatever, we're just going to have to find something and stick with it. Um, but I'm here today with Jay Sparks. Welcome, Jay. Hello. Yes. Glad you're so, here. Excited to be time. here. This is great. Yeah. We're having a lot of fun. And so um, we hope that you're having just as much fun listening as we are having talking. And today um, we're really excited because we're going to get to talk to um, really somebody that is such a diehard community supporter that it is just, it's admirable. It really is. And so um, I, he also has a great sense of humor, which I find very appealing. And so we're going to talk today to none other than the executive director extraordinaire of the Columbia Mall, Mr. Rusty Strokeman. Thank you. Rusty. Thank you. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. For sure. Absolutely. Nice introduction. Some people call me the mayor. That's about as good as it gets. So. <laughs> I mean, we can do know, that too. Yours is even better. I, I can do that as well. So Rusty, um, we talk a lot about uh, folks' origin stories and kind of how they got to either Columbia or to their specific profession. And so um, we were talking a little bit about this before we start, started recording, and I spent a good deal of my high school, all of my high school and my college and some post-college time working at the mall and spending all my money at the mall. And so talk to us about how did you, you know, come down that path where now you are, again, the executive director extraordinaire of the mall. Well, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> as I was talking to you earlier, I, I didn't do much shopping in the mall growing up, so uh, it's ironic enough to that I run the mall, and I didn't really find myself growing up. I grew up in the area, so I did come to the Columbia Mall, but it's not something I did frequently uh, as much. So, so how did I get into the business? You know, it's not something I went to college for. Didn't really think about. Uh, didn't even really know that a mall had a manager per se. You know, I assumed that somebody ran it. Um, so, but, but I was trying to get back home, and so when I say home, I grew up about 30 miles from Columbia. Uh, I, was, I grew up in a rural on a farm outside of Fayette in Howard County and so I was trying to get back home so I was in Kansas City I graduated college I'd been in Kansas City for almost five years I was working for Kmart and I was in their store manager retail program and soon realized I liked retail but I didn't like retail uh, retail's hard um, as you know uh, working in the retail in the mall growing, growing up uh, customers can be hard, the hours are hard, the days, the nights, the work in the holidays, all that can be hard. But I liked retail, liked the real estate side of things. And so, so I was trying to get home. So I applied for a, an assistant manager position at Columbia Mall for the mall. It was a uh, training kind of position for the, the mall. And I was lucky enough to get that position. And I came to Columbia in 1995. And I was here for about nine, almost 10 months. And then I got transferred. So, so much for going, coming oh. home, you know? <laughs> so, and not only did I get transferred, I got transferred to Traverse City, Michigan. So that was 14, 14 hours from here, up on the very, up close to the UP. And my, you know, my first year we had 13 feet of snow. So oh, it was a welcome experience, but it was a great experience. And I was there for uh, two winters. That's how I remember Traverse City was the winters. Um, and then I traveled with the company. So I went to uh, Wisconsin, spent five years in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, then went to Omaha, Nebraska, spent uh, five years there, did some stuff in Iowa with the company, ended up being a group manager. So I had three properties. I had two malls in uh, Nebraska and I had one mall in Iowa. 
And at that time, I was kind of getting burnt out on it. We were going through a lot of changes. And I realized that I was just really wanting to manage a property again. I was tired of managing people because I had a lot of mall managers that I was, I was dealing with. And so I was very fortunate and uh, have a good close friend in Jay Lindner. And uh, I came back, to, came back to Columbia for the second term, I guess, in 2005. And I worked for Jose and Jay and Scott Linder. And so I worked for the, at the time it was Forum Development, now it's Linder Properties. And uh, that was probably the, probably the best thing for me, leaving and coming back to Columbia because Jose and Jay specifically and Scott, they introduced, they reintroduced me to Columbia and they reintroduced me to everyone in Columbia where I think if I would have come back with General Growth, the mall owner, I would have been in my little world. I would have just kept doing my own thing. I would have just kept doing it. But I came back to work and I came to work for a local developer that was very, very, very engaged in the community. And so just from the get-go, every room we'd walk in, he'd introduce me to somebody new, somebody different. And so I, that was probably the best thing for me to come back to Columbia through that, those eyes. Fast forward a little bit. I was with, uh, uh, Jay and, and family for about five years and then I went back uh, the, the general growth called me up and said hey we know you're in the market we're getting a transfer manager would you, would you like to come back to work for us timing was right everything kind of lined up and I've been back there now for 12 years so um, that's how I got into the industry I didn't ever really think about managing them all I was just trying to get back to Columbia and uh, it you know it's evolved and I've been now doing it for about 30 years and I can't imagine doing anything else but managing commercial real estate with a lot of emphasis on retail um, but that's kind of a little bit of my story about where I, where I came from a little bit and how I got to Columbia and more important how I became a mall manager when you were sitting in Kansas City and you were wanting to come back home I mean from Howard County but you know obviously probably the the, the, the orbit was Columbia at that point <clears throat> what was it was it was it booches was it what was it about <laughs> Columbia as you sat in Kansas City that made you think I just need to be back there you know I'd already made up the commitment that I wanted to come back to Columbia I have some other real estate personal things outside of my work uh, my professional life that I, I wanted to kind of come back and be closer to um, it took Jay and, and Jose came to uh, Nebraska probably three or four times it probably took us a year to figure out what made sense for both sides and for me to fully commit. I'm a very loyal person. I've only worked for three companies in 30 some years. So I don't, I like change, but I don't like change. Um, and so I didn't just want to leave. I had a great job. I, you know, I was a, a group manager in our company. That was a pretty good position. And it was, you know, I could have continued to grow with our company, it, it, that company. Um, but I was looking for something different. And the, the appeal of working for a local developer that was really well entrenched in the community had a lot of, of appeal to me. Um, and so that's what really kind of got me over the hurdle. Uh, I was already committed. I mean, I have family in the area. Um, I'm a boon baby, so I was born here. Um, I didn't go to school in Columbia or, you know, per se grow up in Columbia, but I did. Sure. Uh, and as you know, um, Columbia is an orbit for a lot of people around us. and. Uh, Fayette and Howard County is no different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you spoke a little bit about Jay being a really great resource when you moved back to town to be that person to introduce you and to kind of help you plug in and get connected. Um, who else along the way are folks that you think, gosh, they were really great about helping me get reacclimated and kind of helping set my path 
where I now am that person who's doing those things for others. Right, right. You know, I was fortunate that I've had a lot of uh, a lot of my past experiences gone through probably I don't know maybe two or three. The city, I've had a lot of past uh, interactions with the city. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce. I'm, I've been very active with the Chamber and then Ready. I've been very active and continue to be active with Ready. So those three um, probably are the groups that I spent the most of my time with. Um, some of the individuals, you know, uh, Michael Trapp, he was, you know, I live in, on the north side of Columbia, so I happened to be in his ward and he went during his city council days was very active in trying to get me involved in different city groups. Um, you know, there's just been a whole lot of people that have encouraged me to do different things. And I think once I get into those organizations, it just opens doors that I never imagined. Um, so when I was, I was on the planning and zoning for eight years. And during that time, I think I was asked to be on two or three different boards. And then I, during that time, I was also the chair of the chamber board of uh, the chair uh, board of directors for the chamber. So, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to say no, um, but sometimes you have to. Um, but uh, there are a couple of uh, that, that that was occasion when I said yes to something that uh, I probably most times would have said no to. I was, you know, being the chair of the chamber. I was being the chair of the planning and zoning committee. Uh, we are going through the unified development code. Mm -hmm. So I was the chair for two years to get us through the, the unified development code. I'm not for sure how unified we brought people. I don't know if that was very <laughs> unified when we got done, but um, we got it done. And so I, that, I, when I did those two things at the same time, I don't know that I really did either one 100%, but I thought that was an opportunity in my life that I couldn't say no. Um, and I had to say yes, and so I'm glad I did say yes. Um, and so those, I think, I don't know, there's been a lot of individuals that have directed me and helped me, encouraged me, but I think just being out there, being involved, being exposed, you're just, it's amazing in Columbia how many people notice you, notice, pick up on things, and it opens doors for you that you may have never even thought or even considered or knew that were even there. Um, so I hope it answers the question a little bit. <laughs> for sure. I think it did did for sure. You know, <clears throat> to, to, to take that and, and move from, from your experience to, you know, even the future looking forward, Mizzou, you know, Columbia College, Stevens, lots of retail folks, folks in the industry want to be in that space. Other folks that might want to maybe mirror what kind of what you did, work through some of the same things. You get a chance to sit down in a mentorship role with somebody. What what would you tell a young person today that, that wanted to follow in the footsteps or, or or be in that same that same wheelhouse that you're in now? Well, I'd have to tell them to sit down for a while because there's probably a lot of things that you know we want to go through. But you know, I've got a little thing on my wall in my office. It's three words. It says and then some and then some and I think I would tell that person and then some so whenever you're asked to do something be it work be it you know a, a nonprofit a organization asks you to do something you, you do what you're asked to do and then some um, you know your employer tells you to do X you do X to the best of your ability and then some and th and that also goes into your private life I mean I hope that my family can see that, that I try to, you know, love them and respect them and care for them and then some. Because um, I think that just gets you over everything in life, just that little extra. I mean, we all know hard work pays off and dedication and loyalty and, you know, networking and all those things. But I think just giving just a little bit more than that next person, because someone's gonna have another strength that I don't have or that that, that person doesn't have and or a, a, a leg up or an edge that maybe they don't. But if you can show them and then some, 
I think that really, in my eyes, summarizes kind of everything you do. Because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's hard to say no to things, but it's also hard to say yes to something. So when you when I do say yes to something, I'm going to say yes to it and then some. And so I think that that's what I would tell somebody. Give it everything you can give. Try to give to every organization and every group you can and then some. But... You know, you have to also have to have a life and do it so that it's fair to you and those other groups that you're working with. But I think those three words, in my in my opinion, kind of summarize how I try to live my life. And I think I would try to pass that down to somebody because it's pretty easy to remember. It's three words. And I think it can relate to almost everything that you do. If you're caring for somebody, if you're helping someone, if you're doing something, just do it and then some. And I think hopefully I get that back. And so far in life... Um, I've gotten it and then some back, so I know it pays off um, in my in my world. I know things happen to good people too, but um, so far I, I think life has given me back good life and then some. So I hope to continue to do that. That's great. That's awesome. So kind of along that kind of that positive mindset um, that along that vein, um, when I introduced you, I said just a wonderful community advocate. It is very apparent to folks that spend any time with you how much you just love our community and that you are so excited to be here and to give to the community um what what about our community do you love so much what are some of the things that you just think this is why i do what i do this is why i'm willing to give some again and again you know, um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of am from Columbia. Um, you know, I mentioned I'm a boom baby, so obviously I started in Columbia. Well, I didn't really start in Columbia. I, got, I was born in Columbia, but anyway. Um, you know, I selfish, at the beginning, when I first got back the second time, so in 2005, I had already made up my mind that I was not leaving Columbia again. You know, I got moved out pretty quick the first time and, um, after about a year, and so I had made up my mind that um, I was going to continue to give everything I could, but I, I'm not, I wasn't moving anymore. I had moved quite a few times, and it made me, maybe moving, make, maybe making those moves made me realize how nice we have it in central Missouri and how much I wanted to live here. So when I came back, I told myself, we're not going to move again. We're going to do everything we can in our power to stay in Columbia, Missouri. So I did a lot. I, I actually joined, for most of the part, I joined the planning zone. A lot of that was selfishly, I wanted to be exposed to other developers and I wanted to be engaged with the real estate commercial world that was in Columbia. And I, that was the, one of the best avenues I could, I could think of. It's like, hey, jump into planning and zoning. Everything comes through there. I get to see everything in advance as well as know what's coming, get to know some of the players. And so that was initially kind of how I uh, started off is a little bit selfishly. It's like I was going to try to introduce myself, get my face out in front of everybody I could so that if and when the time came where General Growth was like, okay, you need to move again. I'd be like, no, I'm not moving, and I'm going to go work for Jay because I know Jay, and we've had a relationship, and I've got my stake in the community. So I, I started off that way, but it, it grew. I've been here 18 years now. You know, I'm three, my three kids uh, have all gone through school. Most of their schooling has all been here. Um, two of them, all of it's been here. One of them started in Nebraska, but so to them is home. Um, you know, my, my mom lives not too far from here, my sister, my brother, I have a lot of family in the area. Um, so I wanted to be a, in a community that I could give back to. And Columbia is a very, it's a, it's a sponge, man. They just, Columbia loves people that want to give, you know, they just suck us up and there's a lot of us that give in Columbia. And so it's a very easy to give community. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it's, 
it's hard to not give in Colombia just because it's so available. And then I think once you join, people are so friendly and nice. And then it just the the, the networking starts. And before, before long, the person that you know in this board gets you into this organization. And you know, and then if you have children that go through school, that opens up a whole new group of people. Your professional career, where you go to work, and so I just I like giving. And I'm a person that I'm a firm believer that. You know, if I don't vote, if I don't go out and do something, then I can't bitch. You know, I can't gripe about something if I'm not going to try. And I, you know, I, so that's part of my belief is I'm going to try to lead by example um, and do what I think needs to be done. And at the end of the day, it can be frustrating. There's a lot of times I bang my head against the wall, especially with politics in Columbia, Boone County. Sometimes I don't always see the, the same side, but um, I still love the community. I want to give back to it. Um, and I, you know, a dream would be is maybe one of my kids will follow my footsteps and stay in Columbia. And, um, you know, one of them so far stays, is still in Columbia, so maybe we'll get to keep him here. Um, but if they don't, that's fine too. But um, it's just a great community, and I think everybody recognizes when you give and they thank you for it. And it's, you just don't get kind of washed away or kind of tucked away in a big, big maybe in a bigger community. It, it, there's just too much going on and everybody sees it where Columbia is big enough, but still small enough that you can still see what's going on and you can still network with whoever you want to network in Columbia. And uh, it's pretty easy to do, to do that. And then once they know you're doing it, then get out of the way because <laughs> there's people are going to start asking you to do things. And then it's fun because then you can kind of maybe pick and choose maybe where you really aspire or what's really a passion. Um, maybe as you grow um, in age, you, things may become different and priorities might change a little bit. Awesome. With a focus on giving there, is there a, is there a project or, or a, a moment <coughs> in, in your past there when, when there was a you know, like a, a, a giving moment or a project that really stands out to you that really kind of defines maybe your time here in Columbia? Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Good question, Jay. You know, I would, you know, going back to my planning and zoning days, you know, I, I the, uh, my time on the, on the P&Z going through the Unified Development Code, I gave more than I've ever given to anybody, any group other than my work. <laughs> And my family. I mean, we were going multiple days during the week. We were working on things at night. Um, we were dealing with a lot of upset people that didn't maybe agree with what we were doing and or trying to influence us. And so um, I, I was fortunate to be the chair and I was reelected the second time because the group felt that it was important to kind of keep the cohesiveness and let's try to finish this out. And under maybe Rusty's leadership the first time they could maybe we could get to the end and so um, I was very that was very a, a compliment that the you know the rest of the group wanted me to continue to be the leader even through some very turmoil long nights I mean we go into the early mornings like city council likes to do um, and so I think it wasn't something that I really touched one individual and I can say you know Mary was done differently because of that but I think as a community you know I mean the um, the uh, John Blake now the uh, shoot uh, the uh, there's a name for it uh, Airbnbs the uh, you know short term rentals, rentals. Yeah. you know that was something that we we spent quite a bit of time on during the um, Unified Development Code discussion but we didn't really have enough time to spend on it that's still a discussion today yep. you know that 
the UDC has been out now for four or five years now, and they're still hammering out the pieces of it. So I think if there's one piece I could say my name was on, a building that my name was on, that's probably the UDC just because, you know, be prior to that, the code had not been updated for 50 years. So, uh, you know, and by, by no means was the UDC mine because a lot of things that we did, I wouldn't have done if it was my personal project, but it was a group discussion and project and a city project and a community project. So I think it was a great project to deliver under the circumstances that we were given the time constraints and the amount of work that we had to do. Um, but, you know, I, I also look at that as that's when I look at it and go, man, I was a volunteer for that. So, you know, that really puts it in perspective that sometimes when you join something, you may not realize what you're getting yourself into, but then once you do it, you have to do it, you know, and, yep. then, and then some. So I think that was an example of me saying, wow, I thought it was going to be like once a month, twice a month, maybe a little bit of reading in between. No, I was working sometimes more there than I was from my actual job um, during some of those stretches. Um, so just me really put it in perspective that, and everybody that was on that group with me, everybody that was on the P and Z with me did the same thing, you know. So it wasn't like I was the only one. So it just really kind of made me, and in that group that I, those commissioners that I see them today, we still have a bond that's different than the other commissioners that we worked with over. You know, I was on there for eight years, so I had plenty of time to work with a lot of different commissioners. Um, but that group that we went through the UDC with, I think we kind of like the war group that you know we saw some stuff in the battlegrounds that the rest of the commissioners time, time in the foxhole, time in the you know time in the trenches, <laughs> time in the trenches. It, it kind of does feel that way afterwards, you know. And during it felt like that too is we we're getting beat up you know getting the interviews when the people want to do interviews with us during the week and you know people calling us trying to talk to us question us you know try to get convince us to do something different so um, but I think that was one time that I really gave it my all and um, I think at the end it was a good thing and um, it's still alive and it will be alive for a long time that's awesome so if we could pull out your crystal ball for a moment we could think about <coughs> Columbia what are some things that you would like to see for Columbia in the future? What are some things we still need to work on? Or what are some hopes or dreams or aspirations you think, boy, if we could just do this? Wow, I think, you know, Columbia is just ripe. I mean, Columbia has the, you know, if there's a community in central Missouri or in Missouri or the Midwest or central you know, parts of the states, I think Columbia has to be high on the list for just ripe for opportunities. Um, um, so, you know, I think the diversification of our community continues to be, um, you know, when I first got here 18 years ago, and, and Mizzou is still the 800-pound gorilla and hopefully always will be, um, but it was really two or three industries really drove us. Now, I think through a lot of things like Ready and a lot of, you know, the incubator, the hub, a lot of things that are going on in our community, um, that's not the case as much anymore. I think we're a much more diversified community, and that really, I think, helps us, the, the shopping, the commercial real estate, because if Mizzou, back when in 2015, 2016, when Mizzou was letting staff go, and, you know, when Mizzou cuts things, it ripples down. I mean, if if I don't longer have a job at Mizzou or if I don't have an account with Mizzou or if I, my landscaping company doesn't have a job at Mizzou anymore, then I may not get that pay. I may not go to the mall as much. I may not, you know, so it's a ripple effect. And so that diversi diversification is wonderful. Um, obviously, you know, we have a lot of social challenges, you know, the homeless, um, crime. Um, I think we're, we have a long ways to go. I think we're, um, we have a lot of things in place and, and people working on things to address those situations. Um, 
you know, I used to joke that I had a residential component at the mall, you know, <laughs> when I was talking about being the mayor, you know, I have my guests that come and visit, I have my tenants that pay rent, you know, I've got the owners of the mall, and I had a resident component for a while with the homeless population over there, but I no longer have residents in my, my in my little city over there, but, um, you know, I think crime is something that Columbia has to address, I think um, we're big enough, we have the issues now that come with being bigger, um, and uh, everything that happens in the community happens at the mall. I mean, if there's shootings and muggings and car thefts and all that, we see things like that at the mall. I mean, we try to minimize it and we try to prevent it and try to keep it away from our side of things, but we're just a reflection of our community. Um, you know, housing, that's something that's um, a challenge and will be and, and is. I don't, you know, it's not, um, I don't have a crystal ball necessarily for any of those, how to solve them. Um, I've got some ideas like everybody else, but I think that that's something. Um, but I think outside that, get out of the way. I think Columbia is just prime for opportunities. We've got a lot of industries here that will continue to grow and develop. I think the university ready and different groups that are working at the university will continue to keep those students here and keep those businesses here. If we can continue to be that little incubator of the Midwest and kind of be that hub of activity and we can maybe slowly feed them off to St. Louis and Kansas City because that's going to happen. Um, that'd be cool. I mean, if we could be kind of known for that, um, that's huge for all of us. Um, and so I think that would be something that we're going that way. I mean, our second nuclear reactor for Mizzou, that's huge. I mean, that's, I mean, that's forever cancer, you know, um, treatments and so I think Mizzou is just prime I mean we have we've got the infrastructure I mean we're before long we're gonna have six lanes of I-70 I mean who would ever guess we had seen that in our lifetime much less now um, so I think we're really going the right direction I think part of it's just get out of the way let growth happen I mean I know there's a lot of some people in the community want it to be back when it was 40,000 people and where you get across town in 10 minutes and you know leave your cars unlocked and doors unlocked but we're not that anymore and so i think part of it is to kind of get out of the way do it right but let growth happen and uh, i think it will happen um so and then those i didn't have any crystal ball safe you know things to solve those things but those are a few of the things that i see um labor i i don't know if we're ever i mean labor i think it's gonna be an issue for a while i think that's gonna be something that we talk about for 10 years or, or maybe longer i think that might just be something we I finish my career is like labor's in problem, um, and there's no easy solution to it. Um, but I didn't put that on there. But that is obviously a problem still. Um, but I don't know that that's going away anytime soon, or that anybody has a solution to it, <clears throat> or that there is a solution. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. It, it certainly seems like you 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 you've covered the gamut there. While the crystal ball's out, before you put it away, like you know what's cool and cutting edge in malls right now i know i mean with you know when 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 amazon first hit everyone you know rumors of the mall's demise right uh, oh malls are done for we're we're out of here and never gonna happen dying, again right <clears throat> and i don't think that's true i don't think i don't think in any way shape or form that's true um but but what's cool i mean i mean you know seeing something like what nick brought to columbia mall with with level up and the amount of of square footage that he's taken to do really amazing cool stuff i mean my kids salivate over the idea of getting to to level up and my 16 year old just got his license so he can do that now on his own um so maybe more money coming in uh, from from my pocketbook now um in, in that regard but 
But you know what? What else? Like what? What's happening in malls? As you, I know you do travel. I know you do. Like you said, you, you get around to see what's going on. What's happening? That's that's kind of in that space. Yeah, sure. So to answer that question, Jay, it's all over. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, you use the example of Level Up, Nick <clears throat> Parks at Level Up. I mean, we're trying. The malls are really trying to, uh, specifically, you're a regional mall like Columbia Mall. We're trying to get out of the apparel business to some extent. So in the past, if you would asked this probably 20 years ago, the, the, the square footage of the mall was probably 70% retail apparel, and the other 30% was probably food and services and whatever else. Um, now, I would guess the Columbia Mall is probably uh, maybe 40% apparel, maybe 50-50. You know, it's probably, hopefully it's less than 50 now. So the Nick Parks, the level ups of the world, taking 30,000 square feet for entertainment is huge for us because that 30,000 square feet takes it out of that retail component. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something, so part of that is the reason that, that the malls are doing that is that's probably retail apparel is probably the number one thing that's bought. One of the number one things, one of the top things that's purchased off the internet yep. is apparel. Once you decide your size, your brand, within reason, it's pretty easy to, kind of, to duplicate that over and over. It's hard to go get the level up experience on the internet. So sure. what we're focused on is entertainment, food, and any kind of service or something, an experience that is not achievable on the internet. We can't beat the internet. We don't want to beat the internet. We want to join the internet. We want sure. that, we, that ability is good for us too because, for example, during COVID, we saw a ton of stores, and even today, it continues. A lot of the brick-and-mortar stores are now the little mini distribution centers. Mm-hmm. Um, I guarantee if you walk in the mall on a 4 o'clock in the, on a Monday through Friday and you look, there's a UPS uh, a, a postal service employee that pushes a cart down the mall, and they go to about 20 or however many stores they go to, and they pick up packages that are being shipped out that day, and they do that five days a week. And then UPS and FedEx go to all those same stores, and they're picking up packages. So it's amazing. That's one of the things that came out of COVID and is that the stores, the companies realize, like, hey, if I got something sitting in Columbia, Missouri, and someone order, orders it from Hannibal, why, do I, why would I ship it from a distribution center in Iowa or wherever it's from? We'll just ship it from that store in you know Columbia. I've got a person working there. Um, so we're seeing that a lot more. Um, some of our centers in across the country have seen a little Amazon distribution center, a little, you know, some kind of actual, they've taken over vacant department stores and turned them into distribution centers. We, uh, we're fortunate in Columbia, we don't have a, a lot of vacancy. Um, so, you know, the newness is, uh, you know, the incubators, uh, makers markets, you know, we're trying to do the same thing that a lot of communities are trying to do. We're trying to build excitement, try and get our customers used to coming every day. And they're like, well, maybe I need to go tomorrow. I'm not going to necessarily be shopping, but I might see something that I need. So really our biggest focus is experiences. Anything yeah. that we can do to help you with an experience. But experiences are pretty boring, too. It might be the sidewalk not being broken, the pothole the homeless soliciting in the parking lot. I mean, a lot of it's the experiences aren't things that are as a, you know, Far, that we, farmer's the, markets, the farmer's markets. We sure. have, you know, um, so we're doing a lot of things. And then we really, we try, even though our company is a very large company, we're, in, we're internationally owned. Um, we've got 160 properties in the United States, 40 overseas and, and quite a few other businesses. We are still very, they still want us to be very community focused. And in a city the size of Columbia, that's nice because you can be. St. Louis, we have two properties in St. Louis. They're very community focused too, but it's different because their communities are so big. And there's a lot of little communities within their community. Where in Columbia, we've got really one community. 
And yeah. so it's a lot easier for us to give back to the community. Um, so we've got a makerspace event coming up, uh, I think in September, that we, I think we've got maybe 40 or 50 vendors that are gonna be doing their, their wares. So we're kind of that little mini city. We're on our own little economic uh, developer that we're trying to help these businesses grow. It's retail, so it's, you know, we don't get grants and a lot of things are, you know, there's not a lot of funding out there. Um, but in our own little way, we're trying to kind of grow that ecosystem of retail on our own. Um, and that's kind of what's new, yeah. which we never would have done that 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I'd be like, oh, that's a waste of time. I don't have but one space left. And we were chasing a lot of corporate stores. We still are because they do the volume. Um, but we like our locals. We like the smaller regional players because it's an experience that you may not be able to get off the Internet. Um, so there's, you know, there's, you know, uh, there's really no one thing that's the super coolest thing. I could list a lot of stores that people would get pretty excited about. The number one thing I can do is bring in stores that people want and get out of their way again. Yep. Um, if I bring in a store they don't want, it doesn't matter how good the parking lot looks, no matter how good the grass looks, no matter how bright the building is, I don't have the right retailers, they don't care. So that's a key to us is bringing the right retailers that they want. That's a challenge too. I mean, we, we, you know, we used to be able to manipulate uh, retailers a little bit um i remember days when we would have like i said for example like disney you know disney had stores and so disney was a big deal and so when disney would come to town looking at a prospective mall for our location i might call lisa and i might like lisa next wednesday on at two o'clock and you have 20 can you and your 20 of your best friends come to the mall and just walk around a little while and what do you mean just walk around and so i would be in the mall walking that disney executive through the mall and here comes lisa with 20 of her friends and and i'd be like oh yeah look, look at all your customers you know now they come to me and they're like this is how much business we do at your zip codes and there's no there's no full in them. There's no we don't even really drive. We used to drive around the community and show them all the rooftops. I mean that's the internet does that now. They don't have we. There's no pretty brochures that we can give them. I mean the internet's taking that and they know exactly what the retailers know exactly what they're doing in Central Missouri. And when that number clicks over, they're interested. Yep. Until then, it doesn't really, I mean, we can do a lot. We're a big company and we can try to leverage our properties in other cities and say, hey, take these three or four big, you know, these three or four properties that you really want and maybe we can give you a couple that you maybe don't want as much, but we want you to be there. Um, we used to do that a lot more, but we don't do that as much just because it, it doesn't make sense to make a retailer go someplace where they don't need to be anyway. Sure. They go for a year, they close, it looks bad for us, the, the mall didn't do well. It's not real, it's not really the mall's fault. It's, a retailer probably should never been here anyway, or they should have been here, Jeff City, Kirksville, you know, uh, yeah, in, in that kind of situation. So that's changed a little bit, but you know, our focus is on things that are different, yeah, uh, things that are different uh, that will get you to come and spend a little more time, or get your 16 year old son to come and <laughs> yeah. spend some more money. Um, you betcha. And that's a challenge. I mean, we're like everybody else trying to, you know, we compete with our neighbors, and but you know, the, the real estate community, like a lot, they're we're friendly. I oh, mean, sure. I used to work with one of my biggest competitors. Jay, so, you know, the Cronky Group Stadium Shops. Um, I mean, we know everybody. We see each other. Um, I mean, we're always disappointed when they get a deal that I didn't get, you know, and vice versa. But um, we still talk to each other and share leads. Sure. And I just sent Jay a text earlier today about a store that I heard's coming in Stadium Shops. So we still, you know, do that kind of stuff. So nice. it's, it's a fun, competitive uh, yeah. love that Columbia has. <laughs> So for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. So we talked a lot about the professional hat that you wear and obviously your profession or passion for that. Tell us a little bit about 
Rusty the regular guy? Like, what do you like to do on the weekends? And, and uh, you know, what, what, what makes you happy? Um, probably just the opposite of what you think I do during the, the day. I, I love to be uh, by myself. Not by myself. I like to be away from groups of people. I like to be uh, out of large... Uh, I like to be quiet. Like to be quiet. Um, so for me, um, I'm a farm kid. I have a couple. We own a couple of farms. Um, I have a tractor. I've got some implements. And so, uh, as my wife will tell you, when Rusty gets stressed out, he will. Uh, she she always says it's time for you to go to your farm. So I'll go over and I'll get in the tractor and I'll just go around in circles, uh, mowing a field or helping my uh, my nephew and my brother-in-law. They're they're large farmers. So spring and fall, you always find me in a tractor or a combine or something doing something. Um, you know, right now, currently, um, my uh, brother is a carpenter and my sister has my brother and I building her a house. So we have a house at Lake the Ozarks that we're almost finished building. So we've been going down there almost every weekend since February. So my brother tells me what to do and I do it. And, uh, you know, so he jokes because we're the 50 year old uh, crew that's building the house. But hey, you know, we're, we're building our house. So that's our third house that we built together. Um, and then next fall or next next year, I'm hoping to build a house myself. I have some land that we want to build a house on. And so I'm hoping to build a house myself. But my goal, you know, what I normally do is I like to go outdoors. I like to be outdoors, I like to hunt, fish, uh, be on, a, on my farm, just outdoors. Um, something I don't get to do during the day. I'm stuck inside four walls. I don't get to see windows sometimes. And so when I'm off work, I love to be outside. Love to be with my dog. I like to hunt. I've got three children. Um, so that used to be, you know, that used to be my life. I used to coach. I've coached all my kids for all the sports in Columbia. And um, I love that part of life. I'm glad that's kind of over. Um, you know, dropping one kid here, going to another field while my wife's at another field so that all three can be doing their thing. Um, I don't miss those days, but um, it used to be wrapped around those children. Now it's getting a little more rusty time, so um, I'm finding a little more time to do those hobbies. You know, I've got uh, several other hobbies. I've got some real estate. I, we have about 200 storage units um, that I that we own and manage, and so I'm always doing something with our storage units. I have a couple farms. So I'm always doing something over there on the farms, and um, I just like to be busy. I, you know, after a weekend, if I don't have my list of ten things checked off, and me to me that was a failure of a weekend. I don't do well relaxing. I don't do well sitting. So um, I watch TV. I usually fall asleep. Um, read a book. Sitting still. Right? Sitting still yeah, is not right? good for me. So I like to be busy. And so if the weekends, I usually I get my dog in the morning. We take off to the farm, and I usually come back and. Um, we just we just play and have fun. Lately, it's been a lot of house building, but um, eventually I'll get back to the going back to my farm. So being outdoors, just playing. Um, you know, we've got boat wave runners. We like to do that kind of thing too. But most of my time is at my farm. I really enjoy being uh, get my hands dirty and uh, and playing where I grew up. Yep, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, by no means has to be near the end of the conversation, but uh, one of the things we do, as you've listened to several of these at the end, is we like to kind of just turn the floor over to our guests. You know, we cover a lot of ground. We, we kind of prompt with a lot of questions and try to try to bring the conversation to the forefront, but we obviously are going to miss things, probably something on your mind or whatever. We just like to hand the floor over to the guests for a minute and let you kind of put a bow tie on the, uh, you know, put a bow on the, on the episode. Sure, sure. And we'll try to put a bow on it then. Um, you know, I would say a couple things. One is, you know, I, COVID taught me a lot. You know, COVID, <clears throat> the mall was closed for one day. So, I mean, we were closed for months, but the actual mall was really unclosed for one day. Target, we were closed. I think Target was maybe closed for two days before we really figured out that Target could be opened. So once Target was reopened, which was a day or two after they closed, 
I was back to work. So, you know, COVID taught me that our community does so much. We've got certain things within our community that do a lot for our community. For example, Columbia Public Schools, I don't think gets enough credit. Um, Columbia Public Schools gives a good portion of our community a lot. A lot of structure, a lot of discipline, a lot of hope comes from the, 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 the teachers, the faculty, the administrators at, at CPS. So when the children were sent home, uh, the mall got most of those kids too. <laughs> so the ones that the parents didn't want them at home anymore, schooling, were told to go elsewhere. And most of those kids came to the mall. So we quickly reached out to the Columbia Public Schools and CPS worked with us and principals from different schools came to the mall at certain times and helped us with children during COVID when they had no place to go. So I just want to thank CPS um, that they provide. Obviously, they teach our kids everything, but I didn't realize how much structure. I mean, I hear about all the, the lunches and the, you know, you get your meals for the weekends and during the summer you can go get food. And I understand that CPS provides a lot of meals, but I, I had no clue the structure and the the amount of support that they give a lot of our children are not all of our ch children you know need that but a lot of them do and they get it from cps so i want to thank cps and COVID, you know that's also COVID was all the frontliners you know the mall you know the stores the grocery stores the you know we hear a lot of um, towards the medical community but you know my side of things i'm going to look at the walmarts and the or you know the home depots and everything that still had to be open and you know those employees didn't want to be there they wanted to be you know six foot away from everybody they wanted to be home you know working too but they couldn't and and that was no different so i just want to thank all the frontline workers that got us through COVID. um and the last thing i just want to do is i just like, i just like to you know i think that as a community we really 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 need to focus on the crime i think we really need to figure out how we can kind of get some of the crime under control a little bit in Colombia, And I think from an economic uh, development standpoint that that will go a long ways. Um, so that's my only negative plug on the whole day, I think, is that we need to do a little bit better with our crime. So uh, Reverend, uh, Gray, uh, Reverend uh, Gray is, uh, James Gray is doing some things right now that I think will make a big difference for our community. So I hope that we can stand behind the Reverend and others that are working on some things right now that will hopefully, hope, hopefully help some of our community issues that uh, um, relate to the crime. Awesome. Well, Rusty, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, we, uh, we've had so much fun and we've talked to so many different people, but every time it's a great reminder of like you've talked about, there's so many people in Columbia that are so willing to give. And that the good news is we all have different gifts and talents to give. And when we do that collectively, it really does make it a really awesome place to live. And so thanks for that reminder today. I think it's easy for all of us to get busy with our daily grind and to be doing the things right. And the never ending to-do list and the stress of this situation or that challenge. And um, it was really great for you to kind of bring it home that, yes, we do have a lot of things we can still work on and make better. But in doing that, we can do that with a joyful spirit because we're grateful for what we do have. And so um, I have written down and then some, and I'm going to be putting that on, an, uh, on a note in my office as well. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good summary. It kind of does it. If you go through your life with that, I think you can't really go wrong. Agreed. Agreed. So, well, thanks everybody for being here. I appreciate uh, all the all the support here and, and getting a chance to talk to you, Rusty and. Uh, 
Um, we will wrap up uh, episode 14 and uh, move on about our days and uh, check in your local ready news links uh, check out the SoundCloud and, and listen to all of them but definitely thanks for listening to this one um, and we will uh, we'll be out of here and see you again soon absolutely all right